the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Talking about the stock market today in particular, some days I talk about insurance, some days I'm talking about investing, some days about the economy, um, saving money versus earning money versus investing money. Those are all three areas that you're going to have to get good at. When we were young, we had like, you know, um, bat pitch and steal or bat run and like use. You had things that you had to accomplish in sports, and same thing with investing and money. With money, you got to learn how to invest. You have to learn how to save it, and you have to learn how to earn it. The thing that I'm finding interesting today, and I'm finding that I'm coming back again and again to the stock market, is it's one of those days where we're lower, and we started lower, and the story is the coronavirus and stock market and the 10-year treasury bond. All flashing signs of make sure you know what you're doing. Not something to get upset about. Not something to get nervous about. Just know your portfolio is kind of dynamic. If I was 60 in retirement, I would want to have a CFP or a strong relationship so that I know that I have a plan just in case things did get a little bit hairy. After a strong 2019, you're probably sitting looking pretty good. The equity bull market is heading into its 11th year, which is surreal how good it's been. The S&P 500 was up 4.4% year-to-date as of yesterday. Today, maybe we go a little bit lower. But Goldman Sachs has a strategist named Peter Oppenheimer, and he believes a near-term correction is increasingly likely. Now, here's the thing that I can honestly tell you. You forget crazy until you get back into crazy. Whether it be a relationship... (laughs) Or a stock market. You kind of forget the feeling of a roller coaster. So, the strategist Peter Oppenheimer is saying a near-term correction is increasingly likely. They don't tend to feel good. Check yourself. Do you mean? Do you need some drama, man? Take it. Global markets are at a lofty valuation, he says, and expectations for earnings are too optimistic. The market's current reaction to coronavirus is largely based on what happened with similar outbreaks in the past, such as SARS in 2003. While equities initially pulled back during the previous outbreaks, stocks typically turn positive again when the rate of new infections start to slow. He's really going out of his way to say, I'm not quite sure what's going to drag us down, but there's a lot out there that could drag us down. The global strategist noted that comparing the coronavirus with SARS might not make a lot of sense because the Chinese economy is now six times bigger than it was then. 
tourism industry alone accounts for four tenths of one percent of global gross domestic product. So he thinks China's economy is much stronger than back in two thousand, early two thousand with SARS. So he thinks the spillovers from weaker Chinese demand, particularly tourism, are dramatically more important for the region and the world economy than a decade or two ago. You're hearing a lot of luxury and goods makers say China's not good. So China consumes Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton Moe Hennessy products, expensive purses. They even make them, but in no way, shape, or form. Like you, you now see, like it's bigger. European markets, um, they have auto manufacturers, they have luxury good brands that are highly reliant on China. So there's a little bit of a viral, and excuse me for using viral, but there's a little bit of a viral business flu that could happen when there's a pandemic type flu that's taking people down. So Goldman Sachs says, be nervous. Okay. You have to start building for yourself what you believe in so that you can feel comfortable with it. Deer smashes earnings. The stock is soaring. That one wasn't supposed to happen. I think most analysts were using the story of the coronavirus as a way of there's going to be a global slowdown. Farmers aren't going to be farming. But that's not exactly the case. You know, I, I keep bringing up Warren Buffett. And I think every time, every year around this time of year when he's doing his his meetings and his, you know, meet Warren Buffett and his lunches with Warren Buffett and his shareholder meeting with Warren Buffett, um, I always get a little, you know, nostalgic at this time of year because he's 90 years old now in August. So people are saying, are you going to quit? Because, like, you just bought Apple a year and a half ago and... I want to know what you're buying next. Buffett turns struggling textile maker into a $555 billion conglomerate. So Berkshire Hathaway has had an extraordinary run. Warren Buffett's used his investment skill. Um, if you put $1,000 with Warren Buffett 50 years ago, in 1965, that would be $20 million today. If you put $1,000 into the S&P 500 50 years ago, that would be $175,000 today. So the S&P 500 is no slouch, but Warren Buffett, $20 million versus $175,000. And he didn't do a lot. He didn't get a lot of cheap shots in there. And he didn't buy like a Yahoo at four and sell it at 200 he missed some of the tech companies, most of the tech companies. So what's going to happen when Buffett leaves? Will people pull their money or will they continue to remember Warren Buffett by owning his Berkshire Hathaway publicly traded company? It's a holding company. Stock rose 11% in 2019, which was subpar for the S&P 500, up 31%. I kind of always looked at Warren Buffett as kind of like, the rabbit, uh, not the rabbit, but the turtle. Just slow and steady. Who's going to succeed Warren Buffett? He's 90 years old. I don't think I'm going to cry the day he dies, but I'm going to get weepy. I'm going to get nostalgic. So that's a succession plan. 
Um, it's funny that he's considered such a conservative investor, a value investor, if you will, that he thinks that if he died, this, his stock would go up because Wall Street is like, hey, finally the old crusty one's gone. Um, Berkshire, your last name, you're named uh, Todd Combs, I believe is his name, as head of Geico. Warren Buffett bought Geico as a younger man. He saw, you know, hey, people have car insurance, and here's a company that's not trying to set up a mom and pop in your neighborhood. They're not trying to do the labor-intensive agent. They're trying to do call centers. Um, so Buffett's pretty smart that way. He's big into cash flow, uh, dairy freeze, dairy queens, and then the freeze. You know, one of those frozen yogurts costs like two or three cents. Uh, cleaning the machine costs more than making the, the stuff that comes out of it. And they sell it for four or five dollars. It's cash flow monster. Anyhow, and anyway, you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Big event coming up. You can always learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. YouTube is more of a media presence in my mind than, say, ABC, NBC, CBS. Most of not most of us, but there was a, a kind of a sad thing that John Stewart brought up probably about six, seven years ago. He said a lot of people get their news from Comedy Central. True. A lot of people get their news from late night comedians. True. So Trump's re-election campaign just bought YouTube's most prominent homepage ad space for the run-up to the election. Isn't that fascinating? The campaign, Trump's campaign, purchased ads on the coveted YouTube masthead, ensuring that its message will be seen by millions of the site's viewers. Running ads on YouTube's homepage, obviously, for multiple days could cost the campaign millions of dollars. Obama did a similar ad by running a YouTube homepage ad on Election Day during the 2012 race. So there's Trump stealing a page right out of the Obama victory sheet, so to speak. Um, pretty interesting. Again, the immediate run-up to the presidency. Digital political ad spending this year is going to top $1 billion. $1 billion. Yeah, we could say a lot of that's going to be Tom Steyer. <clears throat> Man, there's some nights when I'm watching like a little ESPN at 2 in the morning. And it's every commercial ad. It's like he's taking, I'll take whatever ones that no one else will take. You can buy a lot of spot ads for like um, fillers. And you can get really cheap prices on it. Sometimes it feels like Tom Steyer ads are back to back. Okay. So when I was growing up, Star Wars figures were a thing. I was not obsessed, but I had plenty of them. I had enough that I had to buy a carrying case to carry them around. I don't ever remember playing like, choo, 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 pew, pew, pew. I don't ever remember doing anything like that with a, I don't even remember like lining them up. I just remember maybe staring at them and wishing uh, it's Han Solo or something like that. That takes me way back to my childhood. And I was, do you remember the company that made those dolls? Those little plastic figurines, Hasbro. Hasbro is going to retain the master toy license for Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel brands. 
toy makers long benefited from its relationship with Disney. In the last year, Hasbro's partner brand's revenue rose 24%. So being tied towards Marvel or Star Wars or Pixar ain't too shabby in the world of toys. And here's the damnation. Here's the thing that kills me. Is kids don't really play with plastic figurines anymore. They're not as popular as iPads or V-Bucks. So this is where Mattel really got it wrong, and Mattel was kind of left with Barbie and Ken, where Hasbro got Darth Vader and, and Yoda. They got baby Yoda. Hasbro pointed to strong sales of last year's Frozen 2, Avengers, Spider-Man, Star Wars, all for the increases in how well they did the quarter. So yes, in a strange, weird, odd kind of way, you can try to be an investor who says, wow, look at the movies coming out. I bet kids are going to want those toys. Pixar's got one coming out this summer called Soul. And it doesn't look terribly marketable to me. But of course, somewhere in there, there'll be a cute, a cute something. <clears throat> right? But again, Wally wasn't supposed to be terribly cute. Man, I read the uh, the origin of the movie Wally. Brutal. That, how that ever got made is a robot that doesn't really talk. <laughs> Gloomy. I had a big fight in with Pixar on Disney. Really wanted the cockroach. There's a big um, character in the movie Wally. They really wanted it to be cute because you know talking cockroaches. You can't sell toys if you don't have cute cockroaches, right? Speaking of cute and Hasbro, Baby Yoda. Hasbro's Baby Yoda animatronic is cute. You can go to YouTube right now. Just type in Hasbro's Baby Yoda. Um, Breakout star of the Mandalorian. Pretty well kept secret. A lot of people didn't know about it until, well, the series hit. And $60. It's the funny thing is, is had Disney told us about Baby Yoda? Because when Disney Plus dropped, Mandalorian dropped, and I think that was November, we still would have had time to go get toys. <clears throat> but Disney wouldn't show us that because <clears throat> they wanted to keep it a secret. So Disney gave up one Christmas season of Baby Yoda selling, and it would have sold well with all the talk that people had about it. And this is just a little animatronic baby Yoda, and he's in his little carrion, you know, nursery thing. But again, it shows you about product and the whole animatronic angle of it. Of you could have like baby Yoda use the force, and he looks calm and relaxed. And I kind of want one, but I don't want one because I know it's going to go in landfill sooner than later. But baby Yoda, Hasbro. Now, would I ever buy Hasbro? This has been a long setup for all this. Hasbro is not on my. Uh, Radar, any way, shape, or form. I, I would say I'm, I'm. I have no interest in Hasbro, no interest in Mattel. I just don't think toys are what they used to be, and I think parents are more about apps and iPads and phones for their kids. Even though that sounds horrific, when you could have a great imagination playing with a plastic figurine that will live for thousands and thousands of years long after we're all gone. Anyhow. Dow dropped 300 points at one point in time today. It's a tough Friday when you see that because you're heading into the weekend and you're like, 
are the rats running for the exits or am I going to find out something horrible this weekend? What's going to happen? People get a little nervous uh, in times of coronavirus. Facebook considers transparency measures around posts from political campaign staffers. Facebook is in a crosshair of, of trouble. They can't seem to get the branding or the messaging right on how they're going to not be manipulated into manipulating you in future elections. I don't know. It's way above my pay grade. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Drop me an email. Tell me something kind find something kind of cool, and uh, maybe I can talk about it on air if it has something to do with money. I like hearing those stories about money. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I like pointing out trends because it makes investing a little bit easier for me. The whole cord cutting, how many people cut cords the first time 10 years ago? Well, when you first time you heard that story, you're like, ah, annoying. And now you're like, I get it. So I try to add a little bit of color to the world of investing so that it makes it a little bit more sensorial. Because the best thing I could be happy with is if you have a good relationship with money. Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, friends and family, passwords, streaming, uh, do you remember when we were all worried about the you know, Bill of Rights for Internet users and high-speed Internet? Sometimes these, these situations ebb and flow into relevance. Um, multi-channel news um, is still one of those things where companies like ESPN and Time Warner have so many cable channels that they become a little bit of a risk of, do we cut the cable or do we cut and, and really support the streamers or how do we play this? It's a weird juggling act. Dish Networks recently told analysts that the cost to carry regional Fox sports channels just haven't added up, as one analyst has estimated. Dish could be saving $400 million per year by foregoing those channels, but has only lost about $40 million on subscribers who have left since last July. So it's a weird teeter-totter. Every time you know their carriage rights for someone like a Fox, they got and they spend a ton of money on bidding for the Super Bowl, a ton of money on bidding for soccer rights, the Premier League, and then they they try to pass it on, and then we're starting to see some pushback from Dish. And I'll be honest with you, I think we have more than enough media. Um, anytime I have any downtime with my boys. And they're off doing boy things. I'll check in like with HBO. There's more than enough media out there right now. So we don't have to get caught up in. Uh, and I, I think Dish is starting to get that. Maybe we can finally make a, a package of information that people truly want. And we can make money at it instead of saying Fox Sports is you know, holding us ransom. If we don't take Fox Business and Fox News, then we don't get Fox Sports. I get it. I, I see the value of every proposition here. The rumors from a couple weeks ago were correct. Viacom CBS has confirmed that it will build on its current CBS All Access. 
Um, CBS has done a really weird thing in the past the where they had Viacom and they split it off and they had MTV and Comedy Central and they split it off and they get it all back together. Now we're going to have one more over-the-top service. First one that you knew was Netflix, right? Then you probably heard of a company called Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus and Hulu and uh, Peacock by NBC. Am I forgetting any of them? I'm sure there's more. Oh, Amazon Prime for sure. Uh, but CBS has finally said we're getting into that too. Oh, and by the way, Warner Media has HBO Max. So coming in the next couple of months. So it's still a thing. And um, But it's interesting because hey, there's still too much out there. I was looking at HBO and they've got like three or four shows now that are like getting great reviews. I think one's called The Outsider, Avenue 5, a couple others. And I'm like, I can't watch all this. Like, You have to make a decision. With quarter after quarter of sales falling in cable and satellite TV companies losing subscribers, it's pretty visually stunning if you ever get a chance to take a look at what cord cutting looks like. I know CFP Chad Burton talks a lot about he likes to visualize numbers. He, he'll sit in front of a spreadsheet for a while. But when you look at the decline of the pay TV bundle, and you look at the rise of the streaming TV bundle, the Comcast, the Charters, the Altice, the AT&Ts, DirecTVs, the Dish, and the Verizons who offer the traditional TV, it's been in decline going from 85 million subscribers back in 2017 to 74 million today. And you can see that the number of subscribers on streaming back in 2017 on pay TV bundles has done nothing but grow. So it's just demographics and it's just math. So if you're going to dabble in individual stocks, try to have four, five, 20 things that you believe in. Visually could be one of them. You know, I'm not a chartist. A lot of people uh, talk about technicals. And there was one guy who used to show on commodities years and years and years ago, and he was all about technicals. And he, he would read about it. He'd talk about how the technicals and the 1400 level on gold was breached today by about 3% on the downside. And uh, he talked about all these, like, all these magical formulas and how he can look at a chart and a chart can tell him when to buy and sell. Just a chart. Anyway, it was funny because one day I was reading while he was talking. And I, I looked at the script that I was reading and he was plagiarizing it word for word. I was like, whoa. And yet here he was trying to sell that he's smarter than you, more magical than you, that he had this skill of reading numbers. And I was like, look, look, guys, the next thing he's going to be talking about is silver. And after that, he's going to talk about palladium. And we were all laughing like children on South Park. You know, our teeth were showing. Facebook has added, uh, Libra's Association has added Shopify as a member after a slew of defections. I don't think the Zuck Buck goes anywhere. Shopify could be a legitimate competitor in theory to Amazon. I know you're saying, whoa, but they would have to buy someone like FedEx. Shopify is a rare addition because a lot of companies have been saying, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's Libra, we want it to be a tie towards it just in case it was something special. But we've seen a lot of lawmakers poke holes in Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg's approach to Libra, the cryptocurrency. It's going to be very, very difficult because that was already supposed to be up and going. The Zuckbuck.
the Zuck Buck stops here. Uh, that story about him having um, some of his communication staff has to walk around with a dryer in case he has a big interview to dry off his armpit hair. Like, oh, God. I've asked for a lot of ridiculous things. When you work in TV, it's it's interesting because like you're getting ready to go on air and they're like, "You need anything? You need water?" I'm like, "Take a a bowl of fingernails." <laughs> Looking for them is like, no. I mean it. So the Dow's down pretty big. J.P. Morgan sees sell signals in the market. Hedge funds are buying tech stocks. The ten-year Treasury and the thirty-year Treasury are in what are considered bad areas. Bad in the fact that they're reflecting stress in the economic activity. I don't put a lot of weight on that, but I do put some. And you know there's things that I put no weight on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One thing that I want you to do with credit cards is simplify them. I do like the rewards, and I do like having a system where I can be texted on any purchase over $300. I love that. Credit cards geared towards business owners provide spin management tools that are incredibly useful. Rewards on common business purchases, travel insurance. With a good American Express card, you can get, instead of a one-year warranty on your phone, you can get a two-year warranty, which is probably the right time frame. Chase offers three business cards with similar names. Best for travel is the Inc. Business Preferred. Best for cashback is the Inc. Business Cash. And if you need to do special financing, the best one is the Inc. Business Unlimited. Um, it's fascinating that credit cards, we want to make them evil, and maybe for some people they are evil. But I feel like that witch in that horrible movie, like, oh, you should know that credit cards are good for you, too. Um Credit cards aren't bad. It's it's when we have an unhealthy relationship with credit, that's when they become a problem. And I, I think at some point we all had an unhealthy relationship with credit. Like in college, you quickly learn like I can get a pizza anytime in the afternoon after class. I don't have to go to the cafeteria and eat the horrible food that my mom and dad paid for. I was like, wow, let's let's get a pizza. So credit, the relationship that you have with it is the problem, not necessarily credit cards themselves. Although, again, I do have some problems with credit cards. Like in college, I don't think credit cards should be allowed on campus. When you're studying, you're, you're not in the right brain for tracking expenses. And when you're in college, you're probably drinking too. And drinking and credit cards do not make a good combination. U.S. existing home sales fell in January. National Association of Realtors said on Friday that existing home sales declined 1.3%. The housing market is being boosted right now by the lowest mortgage rates in more than three years. The inventory is incredibly lean, and yet sales declined. Now, again, it's pretty interesting because if you talk to realtors, they'll go, they'll look at the numbers and they'll tell you, well, it's Christmas. It's December. These are Christmas and December numbers. It's, it's cold. People are like with their families. Except for other years when the numbers are hot. Like, oh, we sell all year round. Christmas is a hot time. Just Christmas is as good as spring now. Christmas is the new spring. Housing market's being boosted by the lowest mortgage rates in more than three years. But 
that's being pushed because of the coronavirus hurting economic expansion, slowing consumer spending, weak business investment. I don't know. The inventory on homes, existing homes, is so low right now. It should be a buyer's market. And interestingly, it's not. Um, I'm sorry, it should be a seller's market. Because there's so low inventory, they should be able to price whatever they want. Um, seven months is considered healthy, six to seven months. We're at about three and a half months. That's not, that's not, not, not good. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome back in. A little bit of breaking news. It's a tough day on the markets. It may be the kind of day that you just say, hey, it's Friday. I'm going home. I'm taking my football. See you on Monday. There's some issues out there. Existed home sales fell in January. That's not great news. Then you get into what analyst is coming out and saying, like, there's going to be a pullback. And it doesn't matter who the analyst is. It starts getting in your head. I want to do this as well as I can. The 10-year Treasury, to me, says our economy's fundamentals should be struggling. Historically, it's, it's something I learned a long time ago, was the 10-year Treasury, when it's under 3.5%, you buy stocks. And when it's over 3.5%, you buy bonds. Uh, maybe it's not as good of an indicator as it used to be. But if you take a look at last 20 years, as interest rates were moving lower, the stocks were moving higher. That's been a pretty darn good 20-year period. Lawrence Kudlow is addressing exactly what I'm worried about today. 30-year Treasury fell to an all-time low on what the government's willing to give you. If you give them your cash, they will give you 1.9% back over the years. It's not enough. So keep in mind, inflation somewhere between 2 to 4%. So when it's yielding less than 2%, that's telling you anemic returns compared to keeping up with inflation. So Lawrence Kudlow, Larry Kudlow, and I know some stories about him, and I'm going to try to always take the high road from here on in. Because when I'm honest with you and I tell you some of the negatives, he didn't have a very colorful he had a very colorful past as an economist when he worked on Wall Street. As he's aged, I'm assuming he's got into that together, but it was a little bumpy there in the 80s. So Kudlow is saying, I think that the 10-year Treasury and the 30-year Treasury really are not reflecting how strong our economy is. Because when they, when they yield so little, they should be reflecting people are willing, they, the economy stinks, people are willing to take that. So it doesn't assure me, reassure me, because, again, it's been such a true indicator for such a long time. Iran, we talked a little bit earlier today about South Korea letting people know that coronavirus is kind of gaining a little momentum there, where it's more than we thought. Uh, we're starting to see it in Iran, too. Iran has confirmed four deaths as official uh, officials are acknowledging the breakout. 
So Iran's confirmed 13 new coronavirus cases, bringing the total in their country to 18, with four of the total having died. The majority of coronavirus cases in Iran have been in Qam, a Shiite Muslim holy city, 75 miles south of the Tehran. And you hope something like that doesn't get to a big city. So the World Health Organization is is giving some updates today. And they've declared a the virus a global health emergency. Who? The World Health Organization. Who? The World Health Organization. Ah, I get it. Now keep in mind Corona is now officially called COVID nineteen. And so far it hasn't hit the definition of a pandemic, but people are keeping an eye on it. It has spread to over two dozen countries. International health officials say there's little transmission on local levels outside of China right now. So that's good now. Facebook is latest pull out of a major industry conference. Uh, don't know if you know anyone in the conference industry. But right now, um, with a lot of tech products being manufactured and developed in China, a lot of American companies, tech companies, are like, you know what? I, I think we're going to miss that that trade show this year. The Mobile World Congress has officially had the whole event plugged, pulled. Now, how many people go to the the Mobile World Congress? Over a hundred thousand visitors a year. Less than two weeks before it was set to hit Barcelona, marking the turning point for companies in the global battle for a new virus that's killed more than 2,100 in China. You're seeing big conferences say, we don't trust that, you know, we're getting into the right business climate when there's a coronavirus. That's kind of interesting. Uh, I've heard it's going to be about 10 billion hit the U.S. tourist industry. I got to imagine it's to be bigger than that. Coca-Cola said that the coronavirus is going to drag down its first quarter earnings by a penny to two pennies. Again, not that much. It's only a penny, but when you have a billion shares, it's a billion pennies. So the company also estimates that the outbreak is going to hit unit case volume by 2 to 3% and organic revenue by 1%. Coke's China's business accounts for about 10% of its global volume, but less than it but less than that for its profit and revenue. But they they suck down the soda. I mean, that's a lot of volume of soda without a lot of profit. So that may be a good thing, all things considered. 800-516-1220. So now you're seeing why Fridays are particularly stressful for Wall Street. It's the day where it's your last chance to vote with your pocketbook. Are you afraid of the market? Are you excited by the market? And you're like, well, maybe Saturday and Sunday, like Trump's kind of saying some stuff about being the king lawmaker of the of the U.S. And uh, maybe this weekend on is not. Maybe there's going to be a coup. Maybe there's going to be like we people are nervous going into weekends right now, especially with coronavirus. So know that that's not going to be the best day. Typically, Monday bounces back, but that's good until it's not right. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. A lot of information about Warren Buffett. If you get a chance this weekend to Google it while you're in the hot tub or in the bathtub or uh, sleeping in, kind of acting like you're asleep, Google Warren Buffett News. Just read about him. That's your homework this weekend. I think you'll learn a lot if you do.